From Moses, the Midwest Organic and Sustainable Education Service, this is the In Her Boots podcast, a show about women cultivating the sustainable and organic agriculture movement and how she does it. My name is Lisa Kiverest, and I founded and lead the award-winning Moses In Her Boots project, providing training, resources, and support for women farmers. I'm a farmer myself, running in serendipity with my family in Wisconsin, and am the author of Soil Sisters, a toolkit for women farmers. The In Her Boots podcast celebrates the collaborative spirit of us women farmers and all women working to transform our food system and steward our land, sharing ideas and inspiration with each other. Whether you're a woman with a dream of starting your own farm or already have your hands deep in the soil, there's something for you here. Be sure to subscribe so you won't miss anything. We are wrapping up our In Her Boots podcast series with Kelly Plackey Rome of Plackey Organic Acres, talking about how she embraces diversity as part of her business planning. Learn how she incorporates new ideas and creativity into her farm, and how she does this in between all the busyness of running the dairy daily. Kelly Plackey Rome is the herdswoman on her family's dairy farm outside of Cuba City, Wisconsin. Their farm has been certified organic since 1996 and they produce small grains, beef, and milk for Organic Valley. We are wrapping up our In Her Boots podcast series with Kelly Plackey Rome of Plackey Organic Acres, her family farm here with Organic Valley Cooperative in beautiful, but I'm biased, southern Wisconsin. (laughs) And you have a lot of ideas, which I think we all need, and we as women definitely have, of ways of thinking about things into the future and trying things out now, but always embracing diversity. And I I have a lot of respect for your parents and your dad and your family story of seeing that farms needed to evolve and embracing organics. When I know back in the 90s and being one of the first Organic Valley farming families, it, it probably wasn't easy, right? Or it was so out there in a way that I don't know, those of us newer to organics can't even embrace today because there's such a community there, right? But but even starting with that, it must be in the in the placky genes. You 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 think about these things, right? Or how do you how do you balance the day-to-day of running the farm with embracing this mantra of diversity or this idea of getting some new things going or seeing where things might be in a couple of years, or more importantly, where you want them to be in a couple of years. It's a broad question, but I mean, take it however you like. Of how do you, what's your philosophy on that? How do you keep things going forward? Well, and you're right about you know when my dad had changed 20 years ago, like there certainly was not much of a support system around for him to like lean on to like learn. He kind of had to like make it up as he went or figure it out, you know, as he could. And I think that's kind of what my husband and I are trying to do too now, as we sit here and think, okay, like. If we absolutely cannot make it financially continuing to do this dairy, what are some kind of unique out-of-the-box things that we can do? You know, that's the thing. Like, nobody writes a handbook on, like, how can you run a create creative, diversified farm? Like, Because, you know what, we have to be the ones who think about that creative diversification. So, um, you know... As far as how are we able to keep our eyes set on that? Like one thing helped this year with our grain-free cows. They aren't exactly the biggest milk wagons. So I kind of uh, took that as a – I decided to go 
to milking them once a day, which didn't really hurt our production too much. But it was a huge asset for my husband and I in order to give us our afternoons off um, and the ability to think more about how can we use our time on this farm to, you know, think about other ways of not even just making money, but how we spend our day. And um, Sure. So, yeah, there's all sorts of fun ideas that are brewing. Um, and so what are just, some you have? I mean, you've done some stuff with soap, I know, right? Or Yep, and I'll continue to do that. I just ha- haven't decided how far I want to take that. So I do make soap, um, a lot of it in the wintertime. A lot of people love it for gifts, soap and salves. Because and, I love another little side hobby of mine is I, I just love learning about medicinal herbs. So that's kind of blending my love of medicinal herbs and milk and kind of being creative, being able to make something tangible with my hands. So I'll continue on with that. And then I had mentioned earlier, my husband is really fascinated with um, tree work. Uh, So not only trying to turn our little scrubby Wisconsin forest lots back into hopefully someday uh, some beautiful oak savanna grazing areas. Um, He also, you know, while he's doing that, is hoping to get into the furniture making business. So he's been doing all types of um, slab woodworking. and Oh, that's handy to have around the house. Yeah. (laughs) So he's all into that. And we keep exploring more and more the idea of opening up some of these woods. We've got this beautiful bluff and river behind our home. And we love going for trail hikes and runs with our dog and we kind of brought up the whole point that around here we have to drive 30 minutes to get to any place to go and hike on forest trails so we're like well what if we would open that up and allow people to like come out here and then kind of hopefully someday mix that in with you pick orchards or you pick berries or something like that and I don't know. It could just we're kind of trying to think of like, how can we do this like holistic little thing where like community members can come out, like go for hikes with their dogs and then on their way back, be like, hey, what's in season? What can we buy from you all here at the farm? While at the same time, maybe giving themselves a little self-guided tour of a little um, sustainable farm that is still in business, hopefully. (laughs) That's the goal. Yeah. (laughs) But even the idea of going to milking once a day is a super important piece of the diversity pie, right? Of Absolutely. You both thinking... Freeing up some time in order to even think about doing other yeah. things. Absolutely. Well, that's a real challenge. Of course, we're also busy just keeping up. Yes. That you, And with you, I mean, you're busy all year round. It's not a seasonal... I can at least recoup a little in January, February, but... It's not that way here so much, is it? Or I mean, it's you got to carve your daily time. Especially like last year. I mean, sometimes that's the hardest time with a dairy farm, especially when you're trying to make it work with, you know, older buildings. And um, I mean, with that polar vortex that came through, I mean, we were literally out there every few hours making sure that the water pipes weren't freezing and that, you know, just everything was going okay. It's. It can really be a nightmare um, trying to eke by, but, you know, until we know um, which kind of little diversification avenues are really going to pan out and also till we know how the dairy industry is really going to pan out, like, we kind of have to keep bootstrapping it and you know, sure. just making it work on, yeah, 
kind of lost my train of thought no, there, but, but <laughs> you're needing to look at, we we're talking about schedules and things and you need to, you need to look at you things uniquely as a dairy farmer because you don't have that built-in seasonality element that sure. or the days off or other, to go you're just, it's not those cycles. It's, and that was a really interesting point that it's even harder when a lot of farmers are recuperating, you're working crazy hard in the crazy cold to keep things going. So that idea of creatively looking at your day and how could we manage our herd better in this case with the milking once a day, is that common? I, I mean, or, or why wouldn't more farmers be doing that, I guess? Or um, Because just- you do lose some um, production, but uh, there are a lot more of the grain-free um, Organic Valley farmers mm. who are going that way. Because I think that we all kind of thought, well, maybe that production hit that we took by just taking the grain away, maybe that will translate to pretty much the same production hit that any other um, herd would sure. take by just doing the once a day. So, And we're still def- figuring that out. We just started um, doing this this summer, and they claim that um, the second year that the cows are milking this way is when they're back to producing what they used to produce. So hopefully by next year they'll be back up to yeah. where they were, but we'll see. <laughs> it's well, all an experiment. It's, it's, it, that's the bottom, <laughs> bottom line. But it's giving you some time to experiment and to yes. just think, which is so key because, totally, yeah, that can be, be crazy hard. But you really, too, are modeling Mother Nature in that she doesn't plant just one seed, right? And there's things to keep going, which is such a key strategy in today's world of agriculture that it's evolving, right? Yeah. But that's exciting. And I think that ties into your your artistic roots of crafting something out of the pieces that you have, right? Or uh, applying that creativity lens. Yeah, totally. And, you know, it's scary and it's exciting what's going yeah. on in, in agriculture. And I think that, yeah, absolutely, artists all feel that too, right? Like, it's scary to, like, think about being your own boss or to put yourself out there or to express yourself in a way that maybe like you aren't completely comfortable, but you know, it's at the same time, super exciting. So it's just kind of one of those, like put it out there, hope that it works. And I'm still a complete believer that like, if you really truly believe in it and have the passion to do it, I think that you can figure out how to make it work. But I don't know. My husband would probably say there's a little naivete in there too, but, <laughs> but, but hey, we'll see we, how need, we need a dose of that too. No, but you you nailed it, Kelly, in that I see that in a lot of our women coming to our Moses in her boots programs. And part of the reason I think too, particularly small scale, sustainable organic agriculture appeals to women increasingly is it provides us that palette, if you will, right? To try different things and create and to be an entrepreneur, yes, but in a very unique way that if you ran a shoe store, you wouldn't really be able to dabble in soap or all these other different, you know what I mean? You're pretty focused in more just traditional business arenas, but a small-scale diversified farm can really give opportunity to, I don't know, experiment isn't really the right word because what you're doing is strategic, but still, it's all opportunity to as you have, you know, these things you're you're trying out to try them and and live with the land. I loved your story about the the bluff and the river because sometimes we we also tend to get a lot of women 
what was listening to this podcast who are haven't started yet, you know, haven't just purchased land. And it's easy, I know, to get caught up in finding the perfect place. Do you know that will have everything you're looking for, et cetera, et cetera. Now you were in a unique situation moving back to your family land. So yes, you knew it well, but I often find like the story you were just saying, I'd be curious in your thoughts that sometimes you just have to be somewhere and look through your own property through different lenses, like things you take for granted of this walk. Well, hey, maybe somebody else would want to do this, right? Right. Or just don't get caught up in the finding the perfect everything because once you get somewhere, you may you find build hidden it treasures. Or, yeah, or find hidden treasures, absolutely. Yeah. But And I think that that's actually something that I've really learned through my husband's eyes lately. Um, he is a man who needs to be out west in the mountains. like, And it has been a challenge trying to convince him that, like, it's okay that we're here, like, doing this for a while, you know? like, And... Finally, I'm starting to see like this excitement grow in him about like possibilities out in the woods and like the more he like kind of learns about just like grazing and biodiversity, uh, thinking more about like, you know, doing these like permaculture orchards and kind of getting the woods more, I don't know, less brushy and more productive. uh, It really excites him. And I think that that's kind of you know, some of these, you're right, like you have to kind of look through it, at it through these different eyes sometimes, because to us, like growing up, it was always like, the woods was our playground for the kids. But to mom and dad, it was just like, oh, that's a piece of our property that is kind of just unused and left alone. And I kind of treated it that way too, once I came back, because you get so bogged down and like, okay, you're milking twice a day, you're doing the things that have to get done. And you know, just leave that be. And now that there's another person around and there's a little bit less work that, you know, has to be done on the cow end, it's so exciting to be able to, like, see these different possibilities and to uh, think about, like, how can we share these things that we enjoy about this land with other people around us? Oh, that's cool. And do you, are there any, I would say, techniques or tips that you use of managing your schedule in the sense of, do you go for a walk? I mean, you're talking about walks, but I mean, is there some time you take out each day? Because it's so easy for everything to get absorbed, right? There's always a project. There's always something that has to be done. Where do you do your best creative thinking? Or When I milk cows. Oh, <laughs> that's great. <laughs> you are born for this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, sure. Well, it is routine and that's I mean you you know you know what you're doing right yeah you, you're you're it's, it's kind of like people get ideas in the shower for right. you it's milking <laughs> exactly yeah as far as like routine it's funny because we do actually carve out like every evening we try to go for a walk or you know obviously there's always something that might come up and doesn't but in general we try to put that some time aside in the evening to go for a walk together and to just chat about what we were thinking about throughout the day when we were doing our different little toils around the farm and um but you know that's a difficult thing too about a farm is like on one end of the spectrum it seems like there's almost too much of a schedule and it's like too regulated by the cows like oh we have to do this every single day at this time but then on the very other end of the spectrum too it's kind of like it's really a flexible, like mushy schedule that you can kind of play around and add and subtract as you want. So, yeah, I mean, it's, you, it's you, interesting. You, you've got routines, but 
there's space in there sure, for things like totally. you're talking about of getting those creative ideas while milking. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can potentially like put in 10 hours a day of like just dealing with cow stuff or you can hurry up and get the milking out of the way in an hour and a half, two hours, and then set aside the rest of your day for some painting project you're super excited about. And, you know, you think about how lucky you are when you're doing things like that because it's like, well, I don't have to go to work for eight hours and then get try to get excited for my, yeah, you know, painting project or whatever. They stimulate each it's other. It's the price you pay, too, for working every single day. <laughs> oh, yeah, Never having part. a weekend. Or... That part. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, that vacation time that is built in with dairy farming. Of course. Terrific. Great. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you. Thanks for listening to our In Her Boots podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Kiverest, with the Moses In Her Boots project. This episode's audio engineer was Liam Kiverest of TechSocket.net. The podcast was brought to you by the Midwest Organic and Sustainable Education Service, MOSES. The mission of MOSES is to educate, inspire, and empower farmers to thrive in a sustainable organic system of agriculture. For more information on MOSES, In Her Boots, and a bounty of organic resources, check out mosesorganic.org.